Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, now in its 25th year, celebrating the 25th anniversary and still learning lessons from my old professor, Maury Schwartz, who I had the privilege of sitting alongside as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease all those years ago and take one last class in what's really important in life once you know you're going to die, as, as Maury did, and faced it with such dignity. Lisa Goyce is alongside my friend and producer of this very podcast. As always, Lisa, it's great to see you. Hey, Mitch. Always good to see you. Today's going to be a short podcast, but I want to pay tribute to someone who was really integral to our podcast, to Tuesdays with Maury, to everything that we've done here, and yet I never met him. Oh. And I now never will be able to meet him because he recently passed away. His name was Jack Thomas. Jack Thomas uh -huh. was a journalist for the Boston Globe. And he uh, was a feature writer. And in 1995, went out to do a little story on this professor that someone had given him a lead on who was teaching this strange class in life as he was dying. Now, this was before Ted Koppel. This was before Mitch Album. This was before any of us. Somehow, he got word about Maury, came out and spent some time with him, and wrote a feature piece about him for the Boston Globe. I have that piece here, and I'm going to read you some of it right now. This is how it began. 1995, the Boston Globe. After three decades on the faculty at Brandeis, Professor Maury Schwartz is teaching his final class, a course without syllabus, without blackboard, and without even a classroom, except for the den of his West Newton home or perhaps the kitchen table, where he meets regularly with students and colleagues for discourses on a subject of unusual intimacy, his approaching death. He's dying in a profound way, said colleague Maurice Stein, and what fascinates his friends is that unlike most people terminally ill who retire into the woodwork, he has blossomed. He's written 75 aphorisms on dying with dignity, and they're brilliant. What I'm learning is that there's a better way to die that you don't have to go quietly into the night, end quote. Diagnosed last summer with Lou Gehrig's disease, which has sapped his strength but not his scholarship, Schwartz, at 78, has become a mentor to friends, students, and colleagues, young and old, individually and in groups, who make pilgrimages to his home 
to learn what they can about the grand mystery, death. Wait here in the kitchen for him, says his caretaker. The next sound is a shuffle, 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 and you turn to be greeted by a smiling Schwartz, a Jewish Mr. Chips, who is leaning on an aluminum walker as he baby steps towards the kitchen table. Let me sit down before I shake your hand, he jokes. Otherwise, I'll fall down. His shrunken body is wrapped in baggy clothes that make no concession to fashion. His hair, wispy and gray, frames a face creased by days of laughter and nights of fear. Dying men do not waste time, and once introductions are made, Maury, as he likes to be called, is eager to talk about what Shakespeare called the journey's end. People are drawn to me because I'm dying in this gradual way, Maury said. They come here and we get into ultimate issues, what it means to live, how you want to see life end. We're all curious about death, but we rarely meet someone who is dying and willing to talk about it. And I'm very open. You can ask me anything. To know in advance that one is dying, is that a blessing or a curse? He's asked. I guess I'd prefer this, Maury said, not merely because it extends life, but also because it's a phase of growth. And even though I'm in a dire situation, I'm not merely accepting physical care from people. I'm also giving something emotionally. When asked about the process of bidding farewell to familiar aspects of life, Schwartz points across the room to a photograph of himself as a robust young man dancing. I've had to say goodbye to dancing, to running, reaching. See that thing, he says, pointing to a telephone directory. I can't walk over to get that. And just to get a little less refined, I can't go to the bathroom by myself. I can't get dressed by myself. Things you take for granted are harder. They take more time or in some cases are impossible. He shifts in his chair and adjusts the blanket around his legs. A few feet away is the stationary bicycle that he'll never pedal again. And beside it, his wheelchair. Now that's some uh, really wow. good writing. Really, really good. Some I really love the Jewish writing. Jewish Mr. Chips. A Jewish Mr. Chips. <laughs> that's a perfect description. Yeah, yeah that's a great uh, sentence. And, uh, and, and to say... Uh, his hair, wispy and gray, frames a face creased by days of laughter and nights of fear. That That's, is uh, really well written. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, he wrote about this in 1995. And Richard Harris, who was a producer for the Nightline program, read the article, brought it to Ted Koppel, mm-hmm. and said, what do you think? Maybe we should do a Nightline program on this. Well, ultimately, they agreed to do that. They came up, went to visit Maury, got to see him, got to meet him, did a Nightline program with him. And, of course, that Nightline program was seen around the country, including in the living room of one Mitch album. And I watched it, and I got back in touch with Maury. And I came out and started spending time with him. And eventually, of course, I went on to try to help him pay his medical bills by writing a book called Tuesdays with Maury. And here we are now. But you wow. see how you see how lives intersect. Mm. 
And you don't ever know what you're going to do that's going to affect somebody else and lead them to do something, which is going to affect somebody else and lead them to do something, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Who's in your line of dominoes? Who's in your line of dominoes? Who is going to affect you in some way and have something to say about your future and therefore the future of the world? And I think when Maury was meeting with me, there was a sense, there was a sense that he had that he might be able to do that through conversing with me, especially when it became clear that we were going to do a book, which really wasn't until the very end, really wasn't until the last month, probably, we were with one another. But I think Maury still sensed all along that somehow if he shared his story with me and I therefore shared it with somebody else, somewhere down the line, he would be able to help somebody with it. And, and not immediately. And he didn't expect, he never said to me, Mitch, take what I'm saying now and Go write a newspaper column about it right, right. away. Run out into the world right now. Yeah. Yes. yeah, get it out there right now. I want to see if it has any effect yeah. on anybody. It wasn't that. I mean, he was, he took the long view. He, he took like the Egyptians in the pyramids view. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's <laughs> let's draw on the walls here and then, and then hope that uh, someone looks at it a thousand years from now and remembers right. us. Right, yeah. Uh, but he did because I remember one time when, he wasn't doing particularly well, you know, towards the end. And I said to him, listen, we, we can skip this. I was like closing down the tape recorder. Yeah. So we'll skip this. And he said, no, don't. And he was very firm. And um, I said, okay, why? And he said, because I want to tell you my story. I want my story to be told. And I think he understood that there was going to be some value in me passing on the things that he had gone through, you know? Yeah. You can tell in some of those later tapes, just how, you know, we, how you, you can tell how he gets weaker, weaker, weaker as those tapes go on, you know, right. But still eager to speak about things. I, I noticed that just from doing this show that he really was in it for the full game here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It struck me because 
Mr. Thomas, who again, as I say, I, I never met, uh, just recently passed away. And there was a nice obituary about him because he wrote last year about receiving a terminal cancer diagnosis. Mm. He wrote these words. As the saying goes, fate has dealt me one from the bottom of the deck, and I am now condemned to confront the question that has plagued me for years. How does a person spend what he knows are his final months of life? Now, Jack Thomas probably, I'm guessing, learned some things from Maury from writing that story. So in a weird yeah. way, as much as, as much as Jack Thomas's story led to Richard Harris's finding of the story, led to Ted Koppel's reporting of the story, led to Mitch Albom's watching of the story, so too, all these years later, 25, 27 years later, did Maury's lessons perhaps help the journalist who had come out to write his story. So Maury's yeah. story in its own way was affecting Jack Thomas's story. Wow, full circle. Yeah. He wrote in his article that he wrote about his cancer, atop the list of things I'll miss are the smiles and hugs every morning from my beautiful wife, Cheryl Dean, the greatest blessing of my life. Aww. I hate the notion of eternity without hearing laughter from my three children. And what about my 40 rose bushes? Who will nurture them? I cannot imagine an afterlife without the red of my American roses or the aroma of my yellow Julia Childs. Ah. He sounds like Maury. Yes. You know, oh. the laughter of my children, oh. the smell of flowers, things like that. It's, uh, it, it's really quite something. And while he didn't, he didn't um, credit Maury, for any of that, I have to think that at some point it kind of crept in because Maury just affected everybody that way. Isn't it something did. too, though, that you hear this? Like, it, again, it's 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 another one of those things where you don't hear about, oh, geez, I'm really going to miss my job and my coworkers. Like, mm -hmm. it's two simple things. Your children, the roses, yeah. his wife, three things. Smell of the like, roses, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the family, what's important in your life? Yeah. You know, it just really pounds that into our heads. Like right. that's what's important. So what I, I want you to take away from this brief little podcast, mini podcast, is that what you do to one person and the kindness you may show them or the spreading of their lessons or their life or their story may affect another person and another person and another person. And you may never know how far it goes. But if you have the belief that you're doing something important by just touching one person, then you can take with you the lovely idea that perhaps this one person that I'm affecting is going to affect a lot of others. And maybe when I'm not around, one day, when I'm not around, like the day is here now, where I'm talking about Maury Schwartz, who isn't around, and Jack Thomas, who isn't around, maybe one day when I'm not around, someone will thank me or will give me credit 
or will say I am what I am or did what I did because of somebody else. And here's who they were. So I want to say that right now to a man I never had the chance to meet, Jack Thomas, and thank him in absentia for writing that story that led to the nightline, that led to my reuniting with my professor. And I hope that he knew while he was alive how integral that story that he wrote was and the decision that he made to go out and, and report it. Could have been easier to say, ah, I don't want to, you know, some guy in West Newton dying. I don't want to see that. But he took the time and he wrote it eloquently. And it's affected so many other people because however many people have been affected by Tuesdays with Maury, that, that line has to go back to Mr. Thomas, right? Yeah. So yeah. in a way, he affected them too. So all of us have that. All of us have that inside of us. And that's the thing. It may be an act of kindness that you do for someone in your neighborhood. It may be a story that you write about somebody, a film that you make about somebody. It may be, I don't know, just a favor that you do to somebody, an act of self selflessness that they remember and they pass on to somebody and pass on to somebody else. But the world is an incredibly connected place. And you know the game of you know six degrees of Kevin Bacon and how uh, mm-hmm. you know you can uh, you always find your way into a film with that Kevin Bacon was in. Well, life is is I think much fewer steps than six, and if you just find a story, a book, a podcast, something that influenced you, and trace back where that ultimately came from you may find yourself more connected to the rest of the world than you ever imagined. Truth. So Absolute something to keep truth. in mind, and uh, I, I, if you can get that article online that Jack Thomas wrote in 1995, um, read it because it's, it's kind of a, it's like a, a prologue or a preview of what Tuesdays with Maury, what the Nightline program and all became. Jack Thomas had a yeah. chance to see it first. We can post that to our group, by the way. We'll post it to our group so everybody can have access to it. Yeah, please do. Check us out at wetuesdaypeople.com. That's our website. You can find out more about other shows and chats and everything that's going on with us. Lisa, great to see you. Nice Thank to you see you, Mitch. spending a, a brief period of time with us here. Thank all of you. And until we get a chance to speak again next week, I am Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.